You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode of Writing Excuses is brought to you by Audible. Visit audiblepodcast.com slash excuse to start your free trial membership. Season 8, Episode 50. This is Writing Excuses Q&A with Mercedes Lackey at Gen Con. 15 minutes long because you're in a hurry. And we're not that smart. I'm Brandon. I'm Mary. I'm Howard. And I'm we are. Oh. And I'm Mercedes. <laughs> we are extremely happy to welcome one of the greatest writers of science fiction fantasy in the world, Mercedes Lackey. Thank you so much. Oh, the way she's making. What world are you living in? I want to be there. When I first met Mercedes mm-hmm. Lackey, we were on a panel together. And I didn't, I hadn't looked at who else was on the panel and she introduced herself to the audience and I went, you're Mercedes Lackey? And she said, oh yeah. And and then I introduced myself. She said, you're Howard Taylor? And I was like, oh my gosh. And we had this mutual fanboy, fangirl moment. And then Ben Bova, who was sitting out in the audience said, you two stop it. (laughs) And then he said, get a room. (laughs) 
Um, and we're going to go to questions from the audience. But first, I actually have a question for Mercedes, myself. Um, you are one of the authors who has, through science fiction and fantasy, have changed a lot over the last 20 years. And you are one of the authors who's managed to main, remain relevant be doing new things in every one of these evolutions of the fantasy and science fiction genre um, and have maintained kind of one of these dominant positions in the genre. How have you done that? Is this intentional? Do you think about it? How have you made a career of not just doing one thing but many things? That's because I don't want to get bored doing one thing. Okay. Also, I try and keep friends that are a whole lot younger than I am. I'm 63. I need friends that are somewhere around 20 so I stay relevant. Excellent. You've done a very good job at it. Um, let's go ahead. First question from the audience is, how do you go great about creating a title for a project? Well, <laughs> in my case, it's usually something that, that occurs to me when I'm in the process of outlining. Okay. Something, it, it will have to re reflect the theme. Uh -huh. In some way or other. The latest book that will be out in October, Bastion, uh -huh. is both named for the fact that the main character is a Bastion. He is, he is a figure of strength, even though he doesn't think he is, mm -hmm. and because the place that they are in is called the Bastion. Okay, excellent. I, I also get them kind of... I have two methods of titling. One is the one that I like, which is that I just get the title in my head as I'm writing, coming up with the, the, the idea of the I love story. doing it that way. Yeah, <laughs> and, and I have no idea how that works. And mm -hmm. if, it, if I could make it happen every time, I would. The other form is um, where I don't have a title, and I don't have a title, and I don't have a title. And then I use a trick that Richard or Rick Bowes taught me, which is you, uh, you go to a quote database. Uh, Shakespeare, you know, like Bartlesby's quote, and you type in the major theme of your book. Uh huh. And then you look at all the quotes that come up, and you pick three words out of one of the quotes. <laughs> um, uh, for want of a nail. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, kiss me twice. Okay. Um, Interesting. That's and, and uh, you know, or or if that's not working, then you start googling the the thing. But you you basically look for something that resonates with the book mm -hmm. um, and if that is completely failing the the thing that I have you know if nothing is clicking for you the thing that I have done as a last resort is write down a list of 10 titles and go to people and say I'm gonna tell you my elevator pitch which one of these looks like that and then after I get it narrowed down to three I go to a different set of people and I say tell me what these books are about and the one that is closest to my elevator pit pitch is the title that I pick my okay. favorite story on that is uh, someone that used to write Harlequin uh, category romances. Mm -hmm. And you never get to pick your own title for them. Yeah. Uh, I never got to pick my own title for them when mm -hmm. I was doing the Harlequin Lunas. I'd be happy if someone else picked my titles. And uh, so she just wrote it for whatever she was going to pay for, the, pay for with the check. So she would write, my noose couch, <laughs> my summer vacation, my fall wardrobe. Oh, and they awesome. would they would then put whatever title they were putting out. abs of handsome. Something like that. Yeah. Abs of handsome. I, I had that. I did something like that that backfired on me, kind of, which is that I had a story and I couldn't title. I was 
my sh you know my working title was uh, Brain in a Jar, mm. and it was like okay, I, that's not going to work as an actual title. So I I just translated it into Esperanto, uh -huh. figuring well they're going to retitle it for me. And they left it. They loved it. Uh -huh. Now, and so periodically we, I get people going, why is this called Brain in a Jar in Esperanto? Yep. And I'm like, why do you know Esperanto? All right, we're going to move on. Um, next question is, um, I've read a few books where most of the story was in first person, but parts involving the villain or other characters written in thir third person limited. This seems like cheating to me. What do you think? I think it's a really, really lazy writer. Okay. Uh, I do very tightly viewpointed books. Mm -hmm. It's either going to be third person intensely personal, or very rarely third-person omniscient, mm -hmm. and even more rarely first-person. And okay. I am militant about making sure I stay that way. And when I do that with my collaborators, I very carefully go through the damn book every little bit. And if I can't tell what person it's in, I change it. Okay. All right, Howard, one directly for you. When getting ready to start an online serial story, should I figure out marketing or advertising first, or should I just launch and start establishing oh, content? Oh, for heaven's sake. I can think of no <laughs> circumstance on the planet in which you should plan your outbound marketing prior to developing your product. Okay? Uh, and I'm saying that across all product. Inbound marketing, maybe, but as a writer, inbound marketing is one of two things. Inbound marketing is either what is it that the, that the market is looking for right now? And we've talked about why that's rarely a good idea. The more important piece of inbound marketing is what is my very, very first audience most interested in partaking of? And that very, very first audience is you. Mm -hmm. And that is what am I passionate about writing? And so your marketing campaign begins with what do I love? What do I want to write? And when you're done with that, mm -hmm. you can tell I have an opinion here. When you're done with that, <laughs> um, uh, the marketing campaign that goes out, the message that you're sending to this demographic is really your passion for this project. The tools you use, whether they're Facebook or social media 3.0 or whatever, those tools are probably going to have changed by the time you've finished the project, so don't plan that first. Yeah, well, and I, other things, let me just give you three words as a cautionary tale of why not to think about marketing first. Jar Jar Binks. Mm. If you are thinking about marketing as a writer, you're on the wrong side of the table. Excellent. All right. Um, Mercedes, when, where, and how to end chapters? A per person named Frank would like advice on how to do this. I like to end chapters where you've got the close of a scene. Mm -hmm. Now, the length of that chapter is going to depend entirely on two things. Mm -hmm. One, the people you're writing it for, mm -hmm. you write shorter chapters for YA than you do for adult okay, yep. adult audience. And two, uh, how long you think you can hold that audience's interest in that chapter. If you think you can go for a 40-page chapter, by all means do it. Uh, Terry, you, I don't know if you are aware of this, Terry yeah. Pratchett does not write no chapters. chapters. Yeah. Which, Except in his um, uh, young adult books, where they forced him, where they to. Forced he was him mad to. about that. I hear, and I and I have to say, that I try and time my chapters not only for the close of a scene, but for how long my poor audience has sat there without being able to take a pee break. <laughs> <laughs> hey, writers, are you thinking about learning a new language? 
I think exploring the world, experiencing other cultures, and being able to communicate with people outside your everyday experience lets you create richer, better stories. A great way to do that is with Rosetta Stone, a trusted expert for over 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. They use an immersive technique which leads to fast language acquisition. It's an intuitive process that helps you really learn to speak, listen, and most of all think in the language you're trying to learn. They also feature true accent speech recognition technology that gives you feedback on your pronunciation. It's like having a voice coach in your home. Learn at home or on the go with a desktop and mobile app that let you download and access lessons even when you're offline. And it's an amazing value. A lifetime membership gives you access to all 25 languages, including Spanish, French, Italian, German, Japanese, and, of course, Korean. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Writing Excuses listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, <laughs> I could really use Current. <laughs> I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly, but then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, let's Thank do our, our book of the week. Um, Misty, will you tell us about Bastion a little bit more? Bastion is the last of the uh, foundation tril uh, uh, quadrology. It turned uh -huh. in, or was it tetralogy? Quadrology or tetralogy? I think it ended up being five books. Uh -huh. It's the last of the Mags books. Uh -huh. And it wraps up all the mystery about Mags's mm -hmm. origin. And it has a whole lot of. Uh, great action scenes in it, I think. Uh, we have lots of fight scenes, and we have intelligent s fight scenes mm -hmm. where the overwhelmed, overwhelmingly outnumbered people manage to break up the people that are coming at them into small groups. Excellent. And it was a lot of fun to write. Uh, what's the first in that sequence? First is Foundation. Foundation, yeah. 
So, Howard, how can they get Foundation or Bastion? Well, head out to audiblepodcast.com slash excuse. As of this writing, we don't know who has narrated Bastion by Mercedes Lackey. Not yet. Um, but uh, by the time this podcast airs, uh, it'll be out there for you. Uh, Foundation as well. Start a 30-day free trial by going to that URL, and you can pick up one of these books for free. Excellent. So our next question is... Epic fantasy uses a lot of narrated language. How can you tell if you're overusing it? I'm going to assume this is kind of talking about, yeah, the navel-gazing or the, the, the talk that's just in the, the, the character's head as opposed to action um, pacing or dialogue. How can you tell? Well, Tolkien, I'm afraid, is very, very guilty of that. Mm-hmm. Tolkien was a professor, and that sort of thing appealed to him. As much as I adored the Lord of the Rings, yeah. uh, it is full of that sort of thing. And my, my initial response to that is if it's beginning to look like the tour of the Enterprise that's given to the Ensign at the mm-hmm. beginning of the, of the series, you're probably doing it wrong. Yeah, and um, this is one I think about a lot because writing the big epic fantasies I do, I like to spend time with the characters and I like to delve into this, these sort of character motivations and the brooding about what am I going to do, what am I not going to do. Um, and yet, <clears throat> the more I do it, the more I realize you can really bog your story down with this. Um, and I try to be more aware and careful. I'm not sure how to know if I'm doing too much other than to give it to readers. Um, and often I rely on my, personally my agent. My agent will say, look at this page, look at this page. These are places you probably want to trim down a paragraph of this here or there, or maybe a page of this in this 10-page sequence or something like that. Um, it is not something I worry about too much in my first write. Um, I do tend to discover write my characters, and this is why you see, I see a lot of it in my first drafts. Um, and in a second draft, a lot of that cut, when I'll talk about doing a 10 to 15% cut, big chunks of that are this sort of what we call navel-gazing. Um, with the character thinking about themselves and their problems and their connection to the universe and yada yada. It can be fun for a while, but it can get really dull. Yeah, so you're looking for redundancies yep. and and places that you can have things do double duty. Yep. One of the tricks that I use is um, I will read it out loud. Mm-hmm. And if I am in a section, I go, boy, this is really going on a while. You go back and cut that sucker. And you become more aware of it when you are reading it out loud because you can't skim ahead. Yeah. All right, next question. Um, We have a writer who is a teenager, um, school age, and they want to know if you have any advice for them on balancing their writing time, how much they should write, when they should write, that sort of thing. I'd say they should write at least four pages a day. Four pages a day, okay. That's generally about the length of, say, an hour. Okay. Most people can do four pages in, in an hour. Certainly, that's the length of two blog posts. So if you can do two blog posts, you can certainly do four pages of prose a day. Excellent. All right. Um, next question is actually a really interesting one. Um, oh, actually, okay. can, I, can mm-hmm. I go back to that? Um, yeah. One, one thing, though, that they don't tell you about high school mm-hmm. is that high school is not so much about learning the specific things that you were in, you know, in right. the class. It is about learning to meet deadlines mm-hmm. and about doing work that you don't want to do. Yep. And a lot of your writing career will be about meeting deadlines and doing work that you don't want to do. So homework is your day job. Mm. And what you are training yourself to do in high school is to balance your day job and your writing career. So make sure that you fulfill the requirements of your day job so that you can, because metaphorically, that's going to stand in for paying the rent when you get older. 
but make sure that you fulfill the requirements of your day job and then also fulfill the requirements of your writing job, which means that your social life may give. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, what you may consider, and this won't work for everybody, you may consider a cascading series of rewards. Yes. You got to do your homework before you get to write. And you've got to write before you get to play Xbox or, you know, go out for whatever. And if you can make that work, honestly, if you can learn to do cascading yeah. series of rewards uh, and, and get the hard stuff done first, you're probably set for the next 75 years. It is something I wish I had learned much earlier. <laughs> All right. We talk a lot about um, the things we like about writing. This person asked the question, I would love you to discuss the parts of being an author that aren't great. Explicitly, the things not about writing, like hate mail or getting feedback that you hate or a bad review. or they want, to, they want to be prepared for it, um, the things that can go wrong. Um, have you ever gotten hate mail? I don't read it. Okay. I don't read it. I don't read reviews. I especially do not read Amazon reviews. Ah. Uh, the only people that are important to my prose are me mm -hmm. and my editor. Mm -hmm. Now, my editor is God. She may not know what to change, but she knows where things need to be changed. Okay. Howard, the things that, um, that you hate about this that maybe aren't immediately obvious. Okay, you know what? Um, the thing that I despise the most, the very, very most, is when I find myself experiencing professional jealousy. Mm. Oh, that that's a good makes point. me yeah. really, really miserable, and mm -hmm. and it's a it's a death spiral. And the way to break out of it is to recognize. Uh, I know this sounds silly because uh, it should be obvious to all of you. I've got the best job in the world. I make comics. I draw funny pictures and tell jokes, and sometimes get to go to conventions. And I have four kids who love me, and I get to spend lots of. Why on earth? would I be jealous of the career that somebody else has? And sometimes I just need to kick my own self in my own teeth and say, hey, you've got the best job in the world. Snap out of it, quit it with the professional jealousy, mm. and start making with the comics. Awesome. Um, did you have one, Mary? Yeah. Um, actually, this happened to me pretty recently, which is that I committed to, uh, to submitting a story for a themed mm -hmm. anthology. Um, and couldn't it's the one of the only times that I've hit something and I was mm. like I don't have an idea for this mm -hmm. but it was not something that I could back out of mm. and I had to write the story anyway and it's the first time that I've sat down and thought okay then now we just use craft you know right. normally I have you're not excited but yeah. you just got to do I it just got to you just got to buckle down and do it and and that was the point where I was like okay then this really is my job. Wait a minute. So you hit the hard part, and there wasn't a fun part after it? No. There oh was, boy. It was hard all the way through, and and I was like, you know, this is this is why I have learned the tools, and I will bring the tools out, and I will use the tools, and and I came up with, a, you know, the story that I wound up with is a story that I like, and I'm proud of the work that I did, but it was work all the way through it. Um, another question here. We're going to go a little long on this one, like we often do on the Q and A sessions. Um, um, we've answered this one ourselves. I'm curious what uh, Mercedes has to say about it. There's a person who wants advice on finding alpha and beta readers. You know, they're an aspiring writer, a critique group, things like this, or training their alpha and beta readers. They say they often get 
help, not very helpful, vague in, um, information. The I like this, I didn't like this. Is there a way this person, he can train his writing group a little bit better? Well, first of all, you need to find people who are already reading the kinds of things you want to write. Okay. Because they'll be a little better at, at the criticism. Okay. Secondly, I think that you need to make them understand that they are not being your friend mm. if they are not being specific. Right. And if they are not being honest. Okay. When people ask me for a critique, I tell them I can be two things. I can be kind or I can be professional. I mm -hmm. cannot be both. And you want, this, you want these people to understand that they have to be professional, not kind. All right. I'm gonna there do is no kind. Mm -hmm. There is only professional and unprofessional. I'm going to do one last one. Um, it's another one we've answered. I want to get your perspective on it. Um, the writer says, I have a character from the Deep South. Is it distracting to write her accent as she speaks it? So what's your opinion on dialect? <sighs> Sorry. That was the southerner in me going, Okay. yes, please do not write the accent. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, but ask for says. I do write accents on mm -hmm. occasion. Uh, mostly they are for a specific character that I really need to stand out from everybody else mm -hmm. in a way that he would stand out to everyone in the book. I do know that it is sometimes distracting for mm -hmm. people. I try and write the things so that it's not as distracting as it could be, and I definitely try not to write an accent that I don't know anything about. Alrighty. Well, writing prompt. Anyone come up with one? I warned you ahead of time, but we've all, we're all, Howard's basically dead over there for those who can't see him because you're Poor listening Howard. to this. He didn't get much sleep last night. Um, so, so Misty, writing prompt. Anything you want to send these uh, these aspiring writers to do, they can't write. They're blocked, it can even whatever. kind of it can even kind of be homework. Yes. All right, your homework for tonight, ladies and gentlemen, is to go down to the coffee shop, eavesdrop on some conversations, and go home and write the end of that conversation and the conclusion that the two people have come to. Fantastic. That's a really good one. Um, thank you very much, Mercedes Lackey, for being on the podcast. Thank you, Jane Khan. <laughs> and this has been Running Excuses. You're out of excuses. Now go write. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.